Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex, your host, and today is show 49. And after a rather epic three-part series on looking at our food, how to eat more naturally, how to incorporate more organics, some of the science coming out more and more around why we should really be using the precautionary principle when it comes to uh, pesticides and herbicides uh, that we particularly focused on with Michael Antonio a couple of weeks ago on glyphosate, I thought we could just do something a little bit more uh, gentle and curious this week, and that is to take a closer look at the moon and how it affects us. And I've got the gorgeous Jordana Levin here chatting to me today, and uh, she holds these gorgeous lunar nights that I still haven't been on. I always have lunar nights envy when I see the beautiful pictures on her Instagram and uh, I am actually going with a couple of friends in August so it's around the corner that I'll finally get to my first one but she's got some great resources around starting to learn more about the moon in relation to your own uh, life, uh, the intentions that you set, the goals that you track, uh, when to go hard and when to chill out and retreat. And uh, it's a really fascinating chat. So I know uh, this will be a beautiful uh, thing to look at, especially given today, the day that it's airing, is the day after the new moon. And this is the perfect time to uh, set up a bit of a moon practice, so to speak, uh, that uh, she goes over how to teach us how to do. It's not um, particularly hard. It's not even particularly woo-woo. It's actually just about getting in touch with ourselves, really having a think about why we want to set some of the goals we say we want to set, it, digging in a little bit and making sure that we are on purpose, which is always the best way to live life, right? Uh, now, before we hook into today's show, I just want to remind you that you now have the second week, the opportunity to have 40% off your first Goodness Me Box box. Uh, Goodness Me Box is a gorgeous business uh, that is the largest health food sampling business in Australia. And uh, Peter and her team always put together some really beautiful brands. And what I love about what they're doing is that they're lifting up the little guys who often don't get a look-see when it comes to big supermarkets or um, or even health food chains these days. It's quite hard to get retailed. But Goodness Bean Box gives the chance to little businesses to get exposure, to get into people's hands, to show busy parents that there are healthy snack options if you just, if you're double working and mortgage to the hilt and get home late at night and think, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be one of those parents who can bake treats and, and things for the lunchbox. You know, there are always options, no matter where we're at, no matter how much time we've got, there are always options. And uh, quite topically, uh, Peter is passionate about being genetically modified um, food free. So you will never find um, GM ingredients in their ingredient lists. And, um, and there's, you know, really generous sizes, often full sizes, you know, beautiful big jar of an organic peanut butter or, um, you know, pesticide free activated almonds or a gluten free uh, non-contaminated oats to try, all sorts of things, so many different things. And um, 40% off, so your first box will be $15 instead of $25 and you can cancel absolutely any time you like. So even if you just want to try it for a month and um, uh, and spend that $15, then you can do that and cancel thereafter. Otherwise, um, it's a really cute thing to gift to a busy parent, I think, Um 
or to a friend who always likes checking out um, new things and and adding to, uh, of course, the abundant produce that we make the focus of our diets um, with some really easy go-tos and things like um, they range, you know, gorgeous organic teas, so many things. I, I could go on, but I won't. Uh, I want you to go to the show notes and check out the website. Uh, you've got your code and everything there to make the most of that 40% off your first box. And I really hope you enjoy it. Please, they love it when people share the things they do with people with the things from the box. Um, and I had the great fortune of collaborating with them last year and doing a couple of recipes. Um, oh gosh, was it last year or the year before? around Christmas time with some of the ingredients from the box. There was a gorgeous vanilla bean paste in there that I hadn't tried before and I made some prune and vanilla bean muffins uh, with some yummy Christmas spices in there as well. So it can be sometimes just the inspiration you need to think outside the box and work with some ingredients that you haven't tried before and discover another fabulous small business that's worth supporting by having sampled them in the box. So enjoy that offer and enjoy today's show all about the moon. I know you will as much as I do. Hello, Jordana. How are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm super well, thank you. And I'm really excited to have you on the show. Two reasons. First is that we've just had a really big three-part series on genetically modified foods, genes, how eating information is impacting us and, uh, you know, saving organic. So it's been quite like full on. And I just feel like this is going to be a beautiful exploration into something fun and interesting that so many people aren't going to know uh, that it's it's just a really nice like little shift in the programming, shall we say. Yeah, so uh, nourishing. I like yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, sometimes we've got to do the work and sometimes we've just got to <laughs> feed ourselves beautiful, gentle things. So that's, that's right. to me what today is going to be all about. Oh, nice. So let's just start with your story. There'll be people out there who A, have never heard of, you know, living their lives by the moon um, and B, have not come across your work yet. So how did you become interested in studying the moon? Were you con- Was it something you loved from school or did it come later? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I don't know. <laughs> trying to- <laughs> I've been trying to trace it back. Um, I, uh, it's, it's always funny trying to tell my story in relation to the moon. Cause I think it was something that I was just always curious and fascinated with. And I think as a kid, you know, it's especially the full moon, it's like this bright, beautiful, spherical thing in the sky that holds so much kind of mystery. Mm. I mean, I had a pretty hippie kind of upbringing and I'm not saying that lightly. Mum used to run tarot readings from our lounge room. So there was always that sort of kind of esoteric mystical kind of talking conversation when I was growing up and the moon was just a part of that and then I think kind of when I was a teenager maybe early 20s I got very interested in astrology mm-hmm. and the moon's a big part of that and then I slowly kind of got to a point where I was through through journaling I guess is the way that it came up I started writing down intentions and we'll talk about it a lot throughout the podcast, but the perfect time to write intentions is during the new moon. Um, so I started to form very slowly this moon practice and people, my friends mainly, would say, oh, what do you do? What do you do at this time of the moon? What time do you do? What do you do at this time? Um, can you 
give me some tips on what I should do. So I would start an email and I'd send it around to all of my friends and then they would send it to all of their friends. And then before I knew it, there was quite a big group of people that were kind of following this practice. So I thought, well, hang on a minute. Maybe what I should do is create an event. So I created an event series called Lunar Nights, Inspired Lunar Nights. And um, we hold it monthly on the new moon. And um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where it all came from. Amazing, and you know, it's funny. A lot of us just fall into things. I know I've always had a sense that different chapters of my life are coming to an end, and and just wondering what that thing that's going to kind of whisk me away into new passion and curiosity is. And you know, I've had quite a few twists and turns, so I totally get it. But I think that's beautiful that your mum you know, was running tarot card readings from the lounge room because I'm picturing your, I haven't been to one of your lunar nights yet, but I am earmarked to go with a couple of mates in August. And uh, we, I'm picturing that your mum would be pretty proud of your work now and be thinking, oh my gosh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah, no, she is. She loves it. Yeah. She loves it. That's gorgeous. Yeah. So you mentioned there, and for many of us growing up, the first time we hear of talk of the moon is kind of when we, you know, go to the back of the trashy magazine and get our star signs with a friend of school, or maybe we go, you know, I remember going to a shopping centre where there was a woman who was doing star sign readings. And I always just used to think it was a fun activity and there really wasn't much to it, but there is a science to it. Well, I mean, yes and no. So I'm not sure that we can unequivocally say there is a science to it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But there, there's definitely trending data. Yeah. And it is a huge part of astrology, as I mentioned before. And, and there's a lot of people that would disagree with this statement. But astrology in itself is a science of the stars and planets. It's very methodical and mathematical and it's very precise. But... It's also based on emotion and prediction and human interpretation, which is not very scientific. Yeah. But but there's a rhythm to it. And once we begin to kind of tap into that rhythm and understand the different phases of the moon and how they affect us, you can definitely see how it is more than just a, you know, frivolous activity. There, there is more to it. Mm, totally. Mm. And I think for me, one of the more, um, because I do like to quantify and I like to have things make sense for me, scientifically speaking, that is. And something that really brought it home for me was when I started to look at our food system, mm. how different things are grown uh, and biodynamics. And, you know, once you've tasted Mongali Creek yogurt or, um, you know, a biodynamic broccoli, you can absolutely tell that that is way more tasty or like the best version of that thing compared to anything else and you know the whole idea of biodynamic agriculture is to work with the moon right absolutely Mm. yeah so I mean a brief explanation and maybe you can explain it better than I can is that biodynamic agriculture is based on the methods of um Rudolf Steiner I think it was in 19... In the 20s, in the mm-hmm. 20s. And it's basically a holistic approach to farming and gardening and, you know, um, nutrition, really. Yeah. Growing of food, yeah. And one of the major factors of that is recognising that the moon has a significant effect on plant growth and soil quality and, I guess, prana, like energy, life force within food. And that's what you were describing before. You can really 
notice the difference. Yeah, you absolutely can. And Steiner was also one of the founders of the beautiful brand Walida. And, you know, when you go into looking at how they harvest plants biodynamically to, to get them at their absolute most powerful moment is how you can have the plant active speak for themselves in your, you know, very moderately priced skincare and still perform so amazingly well because yeah. you're letting nature do the work, in, you know, which is just incredible. It blows my mind. Yeah, it blows my mind too. I mean, the, the biodynamic farming is probably the best way that you can explain the effects of the moon. And it's the same, it's the same, the same kind of principles that apply to growing a plant are the same things that apply to us as humans, whether it's growing emotions or like physically growing our hair and our nails. Mm. So they say, if you cut your hair on a new moon, you will have significant growth within the full moon. Oh, wow. Cycle. Yeah. My mom, my hippie mom, I'll bring her up again. She was also a hairdresser. Of course she was. Yeah. Yeah. And she used to cut my hair on the new moon. So that it would grow faster. So that it would grow faster. Yeah. How cool. I'm so going to try that as an experiment. I mean, my hair actually grows yeah. super fast regardless. Oh, but um, yeah, that's yeah, interesting. It's worth trying mm. and healthier and stronger, apparently. Interesting. Yeah. So let's learn a little bit about this beautiful moon. Um, okay. And I guess why don't we start with the lunar month and the moon going through all her phases. And can you kind of just take us through some of those basic divisions of that month? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, most people are familiar with the full moon because yeah. she's so beautiful yeah. and big and bright in the sky. But the beginning phase of what is eight moon phases for a complete 29-day cycle is actually the new moon. And the new moon you can't see. It's also referred to as the dark moon. And that's because the moon's positioned directly between the earth and the sun. So the sun isn't there to light it up. So it's basically what they thought way back in our ancestral days, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago. They thought the moon had died. They were like, where did she go? She's disappeared. <gasps> yeah. And then in the days that followed, we sort of moved to the next phases of the moon and she'd start to reappear again. So once you move from the new moon, which runs for three days, mm -hmm. energetically, that is the perfect time to be planting seeds, starting new projects and setting intentions. That why That's why we set intentions during the new moon. It's also the beginning of what is the yang phase of the lunar cycle. And I'll talk a little bit more about yin and yang as we go on. But after you move from the new moon, you get to the second phase, which is the waxing crescent moon. Mm -hmm. And that's when we're really in the strong yang energy that encourages us to explore the intentions that we've set. And that's when you sort of see that like really slight crescent in oh, the moon. It's so pretty. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And it can be, you know, like um, you can liken that to when the first seeds start sprouting from the ground or, mm -hmm. you know, the new leaves are growing. Or I like to think of it also as like, the beginning of the, you know, gestation period of a fetus kind of thing, you know. It's just like when birth is just sort of beginning. Mm. 
Then we move into the third phase, which is the first quarter moon. And it looks, that's what looks like the half moon in the sky. Okay. And that's halfway through the waxing cycle. So, you know, you've got the waxing and the waning of the moon. So that's halfway between when the new, when the moon is the new moon. So the dark moon that you can't see and when it becomes the full moon. So at its fullest. So that's halfway through that first waxing cycle. Mm -hmm. Then we move to the fourth stage, which is the gibbous moon. And this is an integral moon phase, I think, because it's the last of that yang energy before we reach the peak of the waxing cycle. So that's usually where people are starting to feel a little bit kind of crazy. And it's sort of like they've got all this kind of built up energy, this like from from the days that have sort of come before since that new moon. It's when people start to kind of feel a little bit crazy when you talk about full moon craziness. It kind of yeah. starts in that gift stage. Yeah. <laughs> And then we hit the peak, then we hit the full moon. So we're only halfway through the cycle and we've already gone through four stages and we hit the fifth stage at the full moon. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's a, it's a funny time for people, I guess. Like a lot of people say they go pretty crazy on a full moon. And basically what that is, is it's us switching from a yang energy into a yin phase. And that can be a really kind of strange time or sensationally like Mm. a strange sensation for people and I think that's why they think they're going a little bit crazy but the trick to that is to kind of lean into it and trust into it so we basically after we hit the full moon we're into the waning stage of the moon and this is when the moon not the nicest way to put it but it's when she starts decaying like starts dying that's mm-hmm. what our ancestors thought were happening. And it's basically just the reverse of the waxing. So it's all happening on the other side of the moon now. So the sixth phase is the disseminating moon or the waning gibbous. Um, and that I like to describe that as the hangover feeling you get after the full moon. Like <laughs> I don't when know you what you're like, talking about. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after that is the seventh phase. It's the third quarter moon. So it's that half moon again, but just on the other side. And that's kind of a little bit of a limbo energy. We're in the yin phase. People kind of feel quite stuck during the third quarter moon Mm -hmm. energetically, like nothing's really happening. But what that is, what I like to describe that is, is sort of like it's our hibernation period. So it's sort of like winter before spring. You know, it's time to just chill out hibernate because in the next few days you're going to be expecting a new moon again and you're going to slip back into that yang energy so the last phase before the new moon comes around again is called the balsamic moon and it has absolutely nothing to do with vinegar (laughs) it's it's basically that final rest period before we're back at the new moon and the word balsamic comes from the word balsam which means soothing and healing Mm. so which is really nice so that's just like the last three days before that new moon comes around again and I always encourage people just to slow down take some extra time to meditate and just kind of check in and reflect with yourself yeah yeah Wow. Amazing. (laughs) And it's it's just incredible that this thing is like 380, what is it? 384,000 kilometers away from the earth. Yeah. And has such an effect on our our energy and our state of mind. It's really quite spellbinding. And then Mm -hmm. once you know that about the moon, of course, it stands to reason that then all the other planets, 
in whichever area of their rotation around the sun would be affecting us in different ways as well. It just makes sense. Absolutely. And, and a lot of the time, you know, it is the combination of what the planets are doing at the time of that moon phase. So at the time of recording this, we've just had quite an intense full moon. Mm. You know, some moons are more intense than others. And this particular one was very intense for people, but it had a lot more to do with what the planets were doing than the moon actually being full. Ah, okay. Yeah. And what was going on? Because people might be able to think, oh, that was two weeks ago. Oh, okay, right. (laughs) Well, it was quite, it was quite, I actually, I actually felt okay through it. And I think that um, another thing to recognize with moons is that they, they fall into astrological signs. So the full moon that we just had was a Capricorn moon. Mm -hmm. So people who are Capricorn are going to feel it a lot more than say, me, who is a Gemini, I didn't really feel it much at all. But what was happening at this time was that Pluto was one degree away from the moon. And Pluto is quite an intense planet. Well, a lot of people saying it's not a planet anymore, but astrologically speaking, it is. And um, it's all about sort of this really kind of intense, all-consuming, fiery energy and we also had Mars pretty close as well, which which is all about sort of um, fire and heat. So a lot of people were finding that they were getting into arguments that they didn't really want to be in mm. or finding that either themselves or the people around them were quite confrontational. Right. So I was kind of just telling people, just observe it, know that it's happening, know that it's the moon and the planets and perhaps it's time to just kind of disengage a little bit. Mm. Kind, mm. kind of like excess testosterone. We're like, okay, just going to disengage yep. with that. I know this is not you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's not you, it's the moon. Yeah, very yeah. interesting. Mm. And um, you sort of gave reference there to the yin-yang phases. Can you talk to me a little bit more about that? Because I've read that you can really almost engineer your most productive times through understanding those phases. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I have. It works for me. Um, like I said before, you you can split you can split the full moon lunar phase into um, the waxing and waning. So from the new moon to the full moon is waxing. And from the full moon to the new moon is waning. Mm -hmm. And that waxing period is thought to be a very yang energy. Mm -hmm. So when you are maybe doing a launch for a new product or you've got a new idea that you really want to get off the ground and you need that sort of productive energy behind you, they say that a really good time to start something like that is at the new moon and use those first 14 days to really get it off the ground Mm. Um, as you move into a full moon and then from the full moon to the new moon I like to liken it like I said before to winter or to that hibernation period where it's time to just take a back seat and surrender a little bit and just let go of anything that isn't kind of working for you anymore so that when you get back to that new moon knowing there's a yang energy coming you're ready for it Right. So could that be like we're working in things, we're working in our life, we're full steam ahead, and then the other is working on it, looking at it, being curious about what worked, what didn't, analysing. and Absolutely. Is, okay. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And then if you take, like if you take what you just said there, Alex, and you apply that to everything in your life, mm. so your relationships, um, the way you prepare food, your emotions, like everything, you start to notice how you can apply that yin and that yang energy to all the cycles within our life. 
Wow. Can you give us an example of how you've used it? Something that you've been either challenged by or a project you've wanted to set off? Yeah. I mean, look, to be honest with you, I I tap into the cycles and rhythms with everything in my life. Yeah. I'd imagine it's one of those things. It's like a vocab, right? And once you learn the new vocab, then you're actually attuned to it and apply it much more easily. Whereas people like myself or people listening who haven't had much experience yet are still sort of going... How's that going to look? <laughs> what do I yeah. actually do? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Look, the way that I like to describe it to people is to go all the way back to our ancestors. And that is basically the way that, and I, and I kind of mentioned it before, is that the way that they kind of knew how to represent or sort of what represented a life cycle was by looking at pretty much the only thing that they could at the time. There was nothing around them was the moon and it showed birth and growth and decay and death and rebirth and it sort of gave them an idea of what a lifespan looked like and that once it ended there was this rebirth again there was a chance to have another go at it Mm -hmm. is the way that I like to look at it and the reason that I love working with the moon is because it emphasizes those cycles constantly you know it's sort of just like the seasons and our bodies and, you know, what are some other cycles, the rising and the setting of the sun and even our breath, it sort of encourages us to tap into those natural rhythms of life. Mm. There is, you know, there's a constant ebb and flow to everything that exists. And when you can concentrate on the parts of that cycle that encourage you, you know, to sort of... um, go full steam ahead and sort of um, expand, um, what's a good way to describe it? So, yeah, so like projects, like launching something, you know, there's there's that there's that time within the cycle that will promote growth and expansion and then there's those moments within the cycle that require you kind of to sit back and reflect on it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like if you look at, if you look at the breath, which is a really good way to kind of explain the cyclical nature of things, we have the inhale, which is all about receiving and taking in information and taking in prana, like taking in life force. And then we have the exhale, which is all about giving, sort of putting back out there and surrendering. And there's this moment at the end of the breath where a lot of us kind of freak out a little bit because Mm. we don't know what's coming next. But inevitably, as we keep living our life, we have to inhale again. Like that inhale is always going to come back. Yeah. So it's the same same with the moon. That new moon is always going to come around no matter what. It's the same with the years, you know. You get to December, January is just around the corner. Yeah. Or Sunday, you get to Sunday. Monday is always the next day. It's this... It's these cycles that just come up again and again and again. And so I think what it does is when you're having those moments where you're like freaking out, money's a really good example, you're freaking about out about spending money, mm. it's, another, it's another cyclical energy. You know, it's bound to come back in. It always comes back in. So if you can kind of lean into those moments, that's when life, I don't know, I just find that life gets a little bit more easier or easeful. Mm. Yeah. Well, just have, I, I guess it's about having a trust that you're uh-huh. in a cycle and you'll be in a new part of the cycle. I have a friend who's experiencing some financial hardship at the moment and I know they are very, very conscious and 
almost that fear that you were talking about before. And I was like, it's just for now. Things aren't difficult full stop. It's just for now. And yeah. it'll it'll change. Look at all the amazing work you're doing and, and it'll come back through. And, you know, it's it, – and there are so many aspects of life that it's the same. And, you know, just hearing you talk about that then – I could think of, you know, 10 examples in my own life in the last year where, you know, you lose that trust for a second, just like at the end of an outbreath, just like, yeah. you know, the day before an invoice comes in or, you know, all those yes. sorts of moments. And you're like, ah, you know, just, and it's, it's, yeah. And then for me, it's then about starting to use the moon to, from everything you've said so far, um. really to your advantage so that there is less and less panic in life because, you're working optimally within the energies of, um, not to sound too woo-woo, but I guess it's gonna, uh, the universe. Yeah. Literally, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, look, the same can be said about a woman's menstrual cycle, you know, and the influx and outflux, well, outflux, is that a word? <laughs> nope. Of, of, <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, of, of our hormones, yeah. right? Well, a lot of naturopaths suggest to clients who've got extremely irregular periods to head out camping for a few days to just get back in touch with natural circadian rhythm and the moon and um and it works for so many people absolutely you know I've got a funny story about that I I've lived in my apartment for 12 years Mm -hmm. and my bedroom is right sort of next door to the adjacent apartment block Mm -hmm. and they've got this light that sits out there. It's not a sensor light and it's on all the time and it shines right into my bedroom window. Oh, no. And it really, when I first moved in, it really threw off my cycle. Yeah. Um, because my body thought it was the moon. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to wear um, I had to wear an eye mask and yeah. I still wear an eye mask to this day. Oh, I do too because, yeah. you know, when you live in an urban environment, there is just so much residual artificial light it's Mm. you can't escape it so I've got one for you and it's one that we talked about a little tiny bit when you were going through the cycles Mm. but what is up with the full moon and all (laughs) all the craziness coming out like I remember in hospitality I'd be you know I was running a nightclub many many years ago now um but I remember the full moon oh yeah here we go here they come and it would be the highest incident levels it would always be the night that we'd need to call the police on some lunatic yeah it was always the full moon and you know other examples are like just these last three nights for example where it was just a full moon by the time we air this that means a couple of weeks ago and I, I had heart palpitations and I couldn't sleep. I just mm. sort of woke up randomly and uh, I was like, oh, gosh, just quit already. <laughs> Let's get to the I other know. side of this thing. Why? Why is that? Hey, yeah. Well, <laughs> once again, I have no scientific evidence, but yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I think. Mm. Um, uh, where to start? Well, I mean, the word lunatic is derived from the word lunar, which is the Latin word for moon. So we can start there if you like. Yeah, do it. And, you know, not even that long ago, so maybe like 200-ish years ago, there was actually a lunacy act in the UK which defined a lunatic as a demented person with lucid intervals during the first two phases of the moon. No way. And you way. actually plead in court. So there were people that were... Um, up for murder in court that would plead moon madness. <gasps> yeah, but you know they've done a, they've done a lot of research on it, 
and they can't really find any conclusive evidence. But it goes back to that anecdotal evidence. Like you see it. You yeah. saw it in hospitality. I, I see it. I can't sleep during a full moon. Um, I had people this week telling me that their dogs were going crazy in the middle of the night and their babies weren't sleeping. I mean, some of it might have to do with a lack of sleep around that full moon time. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with what the planets are doing, like I said before. Mm -hmm. um, another theory is that our brain is the moistest organ in our body. Moist, my most favourite <laughs> word. <laughs> moistest organ in the body and therefore is more susceptible to the influences of the moon. But really, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I really like that you just don't try and pull it off as something that is conclusive because it's not, right? And, no. But I think one of the most beautiful things about science is the constant evolution of information and discovery and studies that are done. And, you know, if more people just admitted that science was a fluid thing and as we go on we learn more and we discover more, I think the world would be a much happier, less convoluted place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But look, science can't prove a lot of things that are still very real, you know. Mm, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, look, there's there's been studies on the way that we sleep during a moon that was sort of kind of showed a few interesting things. But, I mean, the study was conducted on, like, 33 people, which is nothing. Very small, yeah. Yes. Um, and it found that people slept about 20 minutes less during a full moon and it took them five minutes more to fall asleep. And what was the other thing? They experienced 30% less deep sleep. But, I mean, like, really, what does all that mean? It doesn't really mean much at all, does it? No, not when you're looking at 33 people. So it really is. No. When, it, when it's inconclusive, it's about going with how you feel. That's my, yeah. my big thing. I think so too. And, you know, there are so many obvious things that we feel shifts in that it stands to reason if we started to look at patterns and if we started to notice that moon a little bit more get in touch with her a little bit more, then, you know, we might find some beautiful surprises. Yeah. So I guess that leads me to asking you a question around how might one start to develop a moon practice? Well, I mean, the, the best thing that I think people can do when they're first starting out is to start to journal how they're feeling during the different phases of a full lunar cycle. Can we buy lunar calendars so that we can actually track this a bit more easily? Yeah, you can buy lunar calendars. I actually have um, a lunar calendar that you can download. Oh, fab. I might actually, Yeah, I might actually send it to you. Yes, please. And then you can tell everybody where it is. I, like I said, I run lunar nights um, during the new moon mm -hmm. and what we do during those evenings is we set intentions. We Well, we do meditations, we do guided meditations and we set intentions for the month ahead and I believe because I've developed a practice around it that when you set intentions by a new moon and you work on them throughout the lunar period that you have a greater chance of bringing them into fruition, manifesting them by accordance of the moon. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So a practice that you could do for yourself at home is during a new moon. So when this goes to air, I believe the new moon will have just been the night before, which is actually the perfect time to do it. Oh, yay. Yeah, is to sit down and write a list of intentions just for the month ahead I think is always a good place to start and the key there's a few key points to writing intentions 
The first thing to do is we always like to write them in the present tense. So as if they've already happened, because what that does is, and without getting too woo-woo on people, is it just sends a very clear message to the universe of mm-hmm. what it is that we want. Yeah. So it's like writing them as if we already have, have them. So, you know, what's a good intention? I have zero credit card debt <laughs> or, you know, I have a full client calendar or whatever it is that you want, mm. you know. Yeah. The other thing that's really important when we're working with the moon and working with intentions is to understand what the feeling is behind that intention. So, you know, the difference between an intention and a goal really is that an intention has feeling behind it and emotion behind it. And when we can tap into those feelings and emotions, I feel like that that's a better way to work with the energy of the moon. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what is your intention behind having, sorry, what is the feeling behind having zero credit card debt? Well, for me, that would make me feel free and Mm. it would make me feel secure and it would make me feel abundant. So they're the kind of feelings that you want to drum up when you're writing your intentions. And so this is really about the fact that when we follow the moon and we set those intentions in a new moon, uh, and we ask, I love that, you, that you have to literally ask yourself a question about why you're setting that intention, how it's going to make you feel and visualizing it. You really get to know yourself a lot better. Absolutely. It's, look, this whole moon practice, it really is a deep exploration into who you are and what you want and how you feel. Because a lot of us, what we do is we think our feelings and we don't actually really feel them and we don't know why we feel them or why we want to feel them. So this practice kind of gets you, it gives you a monthly check-in to how you're feeling and are you bringing those feelings that you want into your life or are they just kind of wishes for the future that never actually eventuate? Mm. Oh, so good. And so we do that in the new moon and then is there anything we need to do to keep, you know, I'm already even thinking I've got a really awesome little business friends group and we all are in our own businesses and we catch up once a month. You know, why are we catching, like I'm catching up this afternoon, I'm like, no, it's all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Delaying our meeting for two weeks, ladies. Yeah, I think new moon's a really good time to discuss new ideas. Mm. Yeah, for well, sure. Especially when you're setting intentions and you're wanting to hold yourself to account. This is definitely something I'm going to be testing for myself. I'm excited. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, I've brought a lot of big things in this year by following this practice. But a, but a big part of those setting those intentions is to really trust. Yeah. And to know that once you've set the intention during the new moon and you're working in that yang state, that's all you have to do. And come that full moon, that's the time to just trust, surrender, let things happen, reflect, see if it's working for you still, but not push, push, push. Because I think so many of us are A-type personalities and we just push the whole time. Mm. And that's kind of how you get to burnout phase, you know. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. No. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I, yeah. I really feel like that's a, a simple way that we can all get started on this this week. And I just love that it's airing a day after a new moon. How know, perfect so is that? Good. So good. So to finish up, I would love to ask you, of all the things you've learned about the moon so far, what's something that has captivated you or floored you the most? What What's your most fantastic fact to share about the moon? Oh, that's a good question. 
Oh, here's a here's a fun mythological fact. Yes, please. Actually, actually, I just want to tell people I've got this great book. It's a very heavy read, but if you're really interested in moon mythology, it is amazing. I'll send you a link to it, but it's called The Moon: Myth and Image. And it's by Jules Cashford uh-huh. and it's this very thick book and it's all about like Greek mythology and, you know, Babylonian mythology and the cavemen and all this sort of stuff because, you know, you can track moon mythology right back before they even were talking about the sun, which is an interesting, an interesting thing. But what they thought was way back in the day, because women's menstrual cycles were so bound by the moon cycles, their their cycles were always from moon to moon, they actually think that women were the first people to actually be able to track time. Oh, they wow. They were the creators of time, yeah, based on their menstrual cycles. Well, Which it makes sense. It does make sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. And then I wonder if men decided on the week because their testosterone cycles seven days. Decided on the on the week? Yeah, like seven yeah. days. You know, we divide Maybe. it by four, not by anything else kind of thing. Well, apparently for a really long time, thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, men didn't even realise that they were part of the reproductive process. You're kidding me. No. they Takes thought two that, to tango, baby. <laughs> yeah, well, they didn't realise. They mm-hmm. thought that women were being impregnated by whoever, the gods, I don't know. Isn't but they didn't amazing? actually connect themselves to it. Really? <laughs> so silly. I know. So obvious. <laughs> I know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hilarious. Um, now, where can we find you? Where Where can people come? And obviously, lucky enough to be in Sydney, you can book in to one of the Lunar Nights events. But yeah. you know, you've got so, stacks of gorgeous recipes as your work yeah. as a health coach and a caterer and all the other magnificent things you do. Where yes, can we find so I, you? I do, I do more than the moon. Mm. My business is actually called The Inspired Table. And I do a, a lot of work with food. I do recipe development, but I do catering for like yoga retreats and meditation retreats. That That's my main source of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Lunar Nights sort of came out of the soul nourishing side of the stuff that I do. I like to think of the food as body nourishment and mm-hmm. Lunar's soul nourishment. So if you go to my website, which is theinspiredtable.com.au and you click on the Inspired Lunar Nights tab, There'll be um, a link to the event, but I've also got a Lunar Nights e-course, which oh, is fab. you can do at home. It's going through a transformation at the moment. I'm actually expanding and rebranding it. But the one that exists at the moment is actually a really good time to buy it because it's at a discounted rate because it's going to disappear in the next few weeks. Oh, perfect. So people can yeah. jump on that and get started no matter where you are. Yeah, and that comes with guided meditations and intention-setting prompts and some facts about the new moon and the full moon, and it's just a really beautiful practice to have at home, and it's very similar to the format that we do at Lunar Nights. And then if people are interested in, like, moony facts, the best thing to do is to follow me on Instagram, and my handle is at the Inspired Table. And we also have a Lunar Nights Facebook group, which if you search Inspired Lunar Nights on Facebook, that should come up. 
and um, you just have to ask to join the group and I'll let you in and yeah we have lots of fun in there too. Oh cool so there is somewhere that people can have Mooney chats and ask their questions and see how other people are going I love it great. Yeah it's beautiful. Fantastic well thank you so much for sharing a few things that you know about the moon I'm certainly a lot more intrigued to get in tune with it it's something I'm always aware of but you know we've all got different priorities at different points in our lives and and um, it's funny how it was a growing curiosity for me recently and then we caught up because I was on your show and then I thought, hold on, I can ask Jordana all the questions that I have about the moon. So I'm stoked to have you on uh, Low Tox Live. Really excited to send people your way with all the resources that you've got. So thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Alex. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for today's show. Check out the show notes at lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast. And if you wanted to maybe share a quote and something that really jumped out for you, you can find us on Instagram at lowtoxlife or simply hashtag lowtoxlife across social media. I absolutely love bringing you the show. Thank you for any of the star ratings or one-line reviews that you guys have left. It helps me know what you've been loving and what you'd love to see more of. I'll see you next week. Pass.